It's 7.53 a.m. Saturday, February the 3rd, 2018. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. <laughs> I didn't hear any of the dudes. You were, you were doing them extra soft. <laughs> Here we are. Candles are lit. Uh, lighting is... What would you call this? I'd call this... Uh, Mood lighting. I'd call it... Uh, <laughs> yes. I'd call it... Uh, <laughs> Hippy Dippy Cafe. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, here we are. Here we are. Yeah. It's been a hectic week here in like amphetamine. I don't know about you people. We've had some stuff going on. We do. What? Oh, what? What were you <laughs> yeah, I said the I said the hectic week thing. Then you're supposed to jump in with something. Well, follow the outline, will you? That's what we got. Marty standing here with the cue cards. Well, I I my my you, cue I, cards uh, remind me that I would like to talk about goodbye, Christopher Robin. I see. Because I had seen this preview for goodbye, Christopher Robin, and. It didn't seem like maybe, maybe in some circles it was really being touted, but I thought it was pretty hidden. I didn't see a lot yeah, about it's it. Been kind of I don't know. Maybe I don't know. We don't watch enough mainstream media, Diane. I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. That's, well, that's true. To see, true. you know, what kind of buzz is happening around a, ah, a, a film. But I was instantly attracted to watching it because... Because you like the Winnie the Pooh books. Because I like the Winnie the Pooh books. Everybody wants to know the story behind the story, although the story is a lot darker than I ever knew it was. It it was a lot darker, but it was, for some reason, for me, it was, uh, it showed how much the world needs those sort of works of art put into the... Yeah. Into the world, the world of... um, imagination that that A. A. Milne had provided. Yes. It was a very good movie. I was a lot more affected by it than I thought I would be. And and I think I don't think the trailer really really portrays the the movie that well. No, I don't either. It makes it look a lot more light and bright and all Winnie the Pooh ish, but it actually was was quite a a um it's quite a story, and it, it. I read a little bit about it afterwards, and and the the stories are true that they were working from. Yeah. And but the thing that was interesting to me is that I was moved to tears through a lot of the movie, and not just from the movie, but from uh, the memories that I have of these stories and what they meant to me when I was a child. And I, when I was a kid, I still remember my favorite, I may have even mentioned on the show before. No way. My, on the show? On the show. Oh, no. I have this distinct memory of getting um, the Winnie the Pooh book when I was a child. Uh-huh. It was given to me, and I was so excited by getting it. And I was particularly... Uh, and it's funny because I think about how little excitement most kids have now by being given a book. But we've talked about this before, that books are... On the show? On the show. Mm-hmm. 
that books were a favorite gift of ours. But, yes. uh, but I remember receiving that book, and I remember reading the preface, which is, or the dedication, which basically says, hand in hand we come, Christopher Robin and I, to lay this book on your lap. Say you're surprised, say you like it, say it's just what you wanted, because it's yours, because we love you. And of course, the dedication was to uh, A.A. Milne's wife. But when I was a child, when I read it, I thought it was to me. And that was my introduction to the the Pooh books. And I, uh, the book that I had received was a compilation of several, and it was called The World of Pooh. And it had, I think, three of the volumes of the Pooh stories. And I read that book myself as a child. I read the book to my uh, to the kids I babysat, and they loved him. And and so when I was watching the the movie, and I was thinking about what the books meant to me, mm-hmm. and how you know I would be thinking of uh, various parts of the story. I would be thinking about my parents who also my father read the books when he was a kid and so it just makes me feel like this is a um a thread through all of our lives that this man had produced and he he actually wrote these um from a, a place of darkness in himself that he was trying to light the way uh, into something different because the world during that time out of World War One and into a depression and all that was pretty grim mm-hmm. and and I think that the thing that moved me the most was when uh, when they were talking about how and I'm getting emotional even talking about it now um, how his stories meant so much to the people in World War II and that they would be <clears throat> talking about the stories because it was something that reminded them of sitting by a fire and being read to as a child in that place of safety. And I just think that that is so important. If you were fortunate as a child, as I was, <clears throat> to have this kind of bliss-filled childhood where you felt safe. I think it's really important in life to have that that feeling. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought it was a wonderful movie, but I don't even know how much of the movie was affecting me and how much it was just bringing up the memories of... of uh, Aren't that many occasions where... I'm- a movie makes that kind of direct contact with one's own experience, and it's only by chance that it hits you the way it hits you. But it's I can see where yeah. it would be that affecting. Yeah. Did you read? Were you a a Pooh fan when you were a kid? Did you read? I read the books. Yeah. I used to read them because not because I owned them, but because they were at uh, my grandparents' house, my maternal grandparents' house, where my sister and I used to kind of be placed as children are for a weekend or something like that an overnight or something like that but the, at Nano and Babas in Bremerton and my mother had had those books the, she had Winnie the Pooh and the House of Pooh Corner 
were the two books that were there. So yeah, I read all of them. I read them. <laughs> I don't know. They didn't. I mean, they weren't read to me. It wasn't that kind of thing. But I know the, I know that feeling of safety you're talking about as a child, and I was read to as a child. Yes. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't think that I was read. Uh, I don't think the Winnie the Pooh stories were read to me. I think I read them myself. Yeah. So I read. But... I used to read them. There were books that were at Nano and Bapa's house that I would always go to when I was staying there. And it was kind of cool. It was kind of part of the furniture in a way or something like that. A few things that had been my mom's when she was a child, they, had, they still had around. And those were the things that I tended to be fascinated by. Uh, I mean, that's the first place I ever read, you know, the big little book, Mickey Mouse Runs His Own Newspaper, <laughs> which for me was an important book. Well, yeah. Uh, and that's why I still have a copy of it downstairs. Because that was just, you know, when I think about how did I learn to read and how did I learn to love books, it was through children's books. It was through big little books that were my dad's and, and uh, you know, your traditional Homer Prices and your uh, Encyclopedia Browns and your Hardy Boys and, you know, Yankee Flyer and, you know, all those kinds of books that were mostly brought into my life through my parents because they were originally their books. Even up to and including The Haunted Bookshop by Christopher Morley, which is one of my all-time favorite books. Uh, so it, all of those books contain and embody, at this point in life, that sense of warmth and safety and imagination that gets lit up uh, by a movie like, like the Christopher Robin movie. Because I think that is what it lights up in us, is that... that recollection of a kind of safety, yes, but also a kind of warmth and imagination and, you know, it can be lit up by, you know, Mickey Mouse was usually used by Winnie the Pooh or Flash Gordon. Oh, any, yeah. Jim or Barney Baxter or Smitty and Herbie or, you know, whatever. For me, it it just was that that is one of the the memories that I have of my youth was getting that book. Another book that my mom had was Pinocchio. Not the, not a Disney Pinocchio, but the original. Yes, right, right. Uh, C. Colodi or whatever the guy's name who wrote the book. She had this big brown hardback of Pinocchio that had the original drawings in it, which were amazing to me because they were so different than the Disney-fied oh. uh, Pinocchio. And it was just text with a few pictures, you know. It was more text. It was like a novel uh, with some illustrations in it and a lot less frequent illustrations than like in Winnie the Pooh or something like that. So it wasn't really, didn't even seem like it was a kid's book. It might have been a, you know, young adult novel or something like that. Anyway. Well, speaking of illustrations and the Disneyfying of things, I never got along with the Disneyfying of uh, the Pooh stories because the drawings by E.H. Shepard were amazing. Oh, yeah. That was a huge part of that book. I know. Because there, there were a lot of them. There were a lot of them. There were a lot of illustrations. And then I saw, because uh, I was, I wanted to see whether there was anything that was about E.H. Shepard, and I found a book that is not yet released that is uh, his illustrations of Winnie the Pooh, but it has not just what was published, but all of the the paintings that and drawings that he did, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that book. Yeah, 
So, so that but, was a good part of the week. Yeah, Most but but when you were talking about things that were read to you, I mean the the memory that I have of what my parents read to me. What I mostly remember is my mom reading from A Thousand and One Arabian Nights. My I remember brother, mostly my dad reading me Edgar Allan Poe stories. I know. Yeah. Well, I remember when I was a kid, absolutely loving A Thousand and One Arabian Nights. And there's some gruesome bits in there, you know, like the Alibaba and the Forty Thieves where they've got the, they're in jars and they're boiling oil in the jars and stuff. Ah. So, but for some reason, I just love A Thousand One Arabian Nights. And uh, my mom, I would read to my brother and I, you know, one of us on one side, one on the other. And I remember watching her as she was reading and knowing that she was looking at these lines that I didn't understand, you know, these things. <laughs> strange hieroglyphics. Yes, strange hieroglyphics, and that she was getting the story out of that. And I would be watching her lips move and everything, and I just thought, wow, I really want to read. I want to learn how to do that. So I was, uh, when I was a child, very eager to jump forward in the you know, they had those little red books, little blue books, you know, the the primers and how to read. And I think that they just went by color to get you to the next stage. And I was always jumping ahead to the next one. See Dick because... run. See Sally play. Run, Dick, run. <laughs> play, Sally, play. Play, Sally, play. <laughs> yeah, that was some gripping stuff, you know. Pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee. I should get those and reread those. Cause, you know... <laughs> Boy. <laughs> I've been wanting to reread those books. It's good coffee. Yeah. Anyway, other than that, other than our four. Okay, we saw the movie. That was what, Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> See, now Monday, let's start. No, we can, no, we can do 10 no. minutes on each day. It'll be great. No, I was just going to say I'm, I'm that um, we celebrated Alice's birthday with her. That was a very fortunate thing for us. I had a great Thursday. Thursday was an amazing day for me. Uh, started out very early. The uh, the school bus drivers that I used to work with are currently on strike uh, against their parent company, not against the Seattle School District. I think the Seattle School District is, has endorsed the strike, or some of them have anyway. Um, so on Monday morning, I w- or on Thursday morning, I went down to where I used to work and walked the picket line with my friends for a while, and I probably will do that again if the strike continues. Then I got to go and have lunch with my son, Jake, which I've been trying to make a better habit of doing every week, and Thursday has kind of been the day. He has Wednesdays and Thursdays off, so um, play a game of cribbage, have a little lunch, just shoot the bull for a while, and then I came home, and I got to go shop and get some food because Alice was coming over. And I went through the whole, you know, psychological landscape of poor Alice. All she has to do on her birthday is go hang out with us. I mean, this has got to be like, I'm, uh, some other plans must have fallen through. You know, was, you know, I kind of had this sense of, you know, my heart really went out to her that she was only left with us, you know, as, as her birthday, you know, <laughs> thing. But then when she came over, it was like, no, she, this was, she really wanted to be here. She really likes hanging out with us. 
That's very cool. She said that we were half of her best friends. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was, and you got to, you know, Alice wanted particular things for dinner, and I was able to get the particular things and make the particular dinner, and, and Diane made a particularly good salad to go with it all, and uh, we enjoyed ourselves. We did indeed. Yeah. And then Alice and I even stayed up late and watched a movie together after after that. So it felt like, it felt very good. It felt very good. And I think my my interactions with my children have kind of, have turned, or are turning a corner. You know, I felt like there's been a lot of conflict, uh, you know, in and amongst this, my my children and I feel like it's getting better so that's good so I like that I like that part of it and tonight tonight we're going to see music we're going to see music yeah. open the door for three open the door for three you'll hear something here in a little while yeah. just, just just chill it'll be cool you'll, you'll hear it it'll be all right don't worry don't worry. it's gonna be fine really no I'm just I'm not just saying that no I mean it really it's gonna be okay it's gonna be fine <laughs> Well, Cat, my darling cat, and John, dear John. John Daly? John Daly. John Daly. I'm wearing some John Daly on my wrist even as we speak. Uh, they. That's uh, John spelled with a D. D J O H N. Pronounced John. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. It's not. Don't believe him for a minute. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> They have a radio program on the Voice of Vashon that they have every third Monday at one, and they have uh, it's called the Rolling Wave. They have all these wonderful Irish Scottish performances, and yeah. it's really wonderful to listen to because uh, that is a genre of music that I adore, but I don't follow all the the best of the best that they play until they play it and then i i actually keep little notes of who i would really like to listen to but cat and john know the members of the group opened the door for three and they knew that they were touring out here and uh, they're going to be playing on vashon uh, later in the week but they're playing in for the seattle folklore society today and I was really excited by the music that I heard. And I started, because I always write little comments in the, in the announcement of the show to kind of say, oh, wow, that was a great song. And I was particularly interested in the open the door for three. So I was saying, yeah, these are great performers. And so then the, one of the members of the group chimed in and said, I'm so glad you like our music. Are you going to come to the concert? <laughs> on Saturday night I was like oh well yes I will well I guess so gee yeah that's (laughs) I've never thought I never I've never thought of trying to use intimidation to get people to come to my shows (laughs) that might be a tactic that we should try Diane it was not intimidation it was just it was an invitation yeah I was just kidding it was kind of cool to have the oh yeah a member of the group suddenly jump in and say so glad you like the music why don't you come I'm very much looking forward to the the show because they're a rousing band that I and I don't know what it is about this kind of music that affects me so deeply but it's like it resonates with something inside of me in a very real way yep 
Yep. And that's been pretty boring, pretty dull. You know, not much else happened. Just kind of, you know, sitting around, you know, <laughs> doing stuff, seeing people. Yeah. But life is good. But you need to remember that. Life we do need to leave. Is good. You do need to remember that. Life is really quite good. Lots to be grateful for. <laughs> yes, indeed. There's so many things that are left unsaid in that pause. What are you thinking of? What are you thinking of? Things left unsaid. Oh, just, uh, you know, news. Oh, right. News of the world that that, that makes everyone feel less safe. Yeah, that would argue the counterpoint to what we were just saying. Yes, exactly. Okay, well, yeah, but we don't have to do that. Anyway. Greater sense of responsibility for maintaining one's own state of mind. That's right. And uh, keeping the the gratitude side of it at least as weighted with freight as the you know what might be seen as a more negative side. Yes. How about some music? Let's do it. What's the name of the group again? Open the door for three. There you go. Come all you lads of high renown That would hear of a fair young maiden And she rolled out of a summer's day For the view the soldiers parading Well they match the ball, they look so gay The colours flying and the bands that play Well a causing Mary for to say I'll wed Jimmy Gallant Now she viewed the soldiers on parade And as they stood at their leisure And Mary to herself did say Now at last I've found my treasure But oh how cruel me parents must be To banish me darling so far from me Well I'll leave them all and I'll go with thee On me well-done-daunted Oh, Mary, dear, your parents love. Now I pray, don't be unruly. For when we're in a foreign land, now believe me, you'll rue it surely. Perhaps in battle I might fall, ball from a shot from an angry cannonball. And you, so far from your daddy's hall, be advised by a gallant soldier.
I have fifty guineas in bright gold. Likewise, a heart to spell her, and I'll lend them all, and I'll go with you. Army bound, undaunted soldier, so dancing, I'll be letting me go, and I will face the daring foe. And we'll march together to and fro, and I'll wed you, me gallant soldier. Now any our loyalty, oh, and Mary so true-hearted, he said, me darling, married will be, and nothing but death will part us. And when we're in a foreign land, I'll guard you, darling, in my right hand. In hopes that God might stand a friend for Mary and her gallant soldier. my right hand in hopes that God might stand a friend for Mary and her gallant soldier. Well, well, well.